Hey, Bree, how you doing? Hey, good and pretty good. How are you, Mario? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Hey, I was psyched to see you and Cameron climbing last week. How did uh, your session go? It was pretty good. Haven't been on ropes in a while. I feel like I just need to start training a little bit more again. What was that hangboard you mentioned to us? Uh, oh, it was the flashboard. And I think it's the best one because you can use it indoors. You can use it outdoors. It doesn't merely matter where you use it. You can hang it on stuff. You don't have to mount it to your wall, so it's pretty dope. Oh, that's great, because I feel like I can't put holes anywhere in my house, but yeah, that's awesome. Where can I get it? Uh, you can go to Tension's website, and then whenever you do, just drop in the promo code TENSIONSAS20. You'll get 20% off. You'll support the podcast, and yeah, but then they'll get it to you on the quickness. Oh, sick. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Are you guys climbing again this weekend? Yeah, I think we'll hit up uh, maybe the new... Rope gym down in the design district. Oh, the new movement is finally open. Nice. Finally, after our long wait. I know. That's a long wait, but I'm excited. Well, I'm looking forward to climbing with both of you guys, and I'll see you guys this weekend. Yeah, I'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. Friends and enemies, lovers and haters, welcome to Sends and Suffers podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley. If you haven't already, please follow, like, and subscribe to Sends and Suffers podcast. Every bit counts, and we would love to hear from you. So take a moment to leave a comment. These go a long way and help others know what they're getting into and how good this show is. If this is one of your favorite podcasts, consider becoming a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you are investing in Sense and Suffers podcasts, and it's like buying your boy a taco, hanging out, and getting to know the good good that is coming your way. Monthly recaps, early show releases, and all the other cool things that we do. Thank you so much for listening to Sends and Suffers podcasts. I hope everyone is doing all right. This is the follow-up of last week's conversation, a farewell tribute to Summit Dallas, D-Rocks, a gym that I started my career in and definitely made the rock climber that you're listening to today. Enjoy the episode. The, the staff that, you know, that I got to cultivate there with, um, for, for the first time, he was my GM, Maylin. And then afterwards, when I became uh, GM, my AGM, AZ. So with really with them to help me out, uh, the staff that I got to hire and they hired and trained with me. Um, so I would, I mean, really my, my staff is like, I guess like a, the big, conglomerate or whatever you want to call it but the big group because a lot of them even now they hang out with each other az with um her partner get is um is like right down the street on greenville and they all like we would have parties at at uh, her place and just have a great time so really like the relationships that we formed as a staff was like so strong and so unique 
And one thing that I'm like, like I didn't really do much, to be honest. It was just the people that I hired. And then I just would teach them how to do the job. And them getting to know each other was fully on them and fully on them to get to know each other and open up to each other. Like a lot of folks really like, um, I would say, uh, would rely on each other for emotional support um, as a friend, you know, as a really deep friend there as a staff, because, you know, a lot of, a lot of us there, um, the, some, some folks went through some tough times. And I think what really kept them together was the staff that was there because not nothing like nothing short of like, you know, obviously they have their friends outside of work, but you're with these folks for a long period of time. Even if you only work a few shifts a week, you still worked a lot of hours. You're still with these folks for a fair amount of time. And when the gym isn't as busy, you're, you're seeing these folks for a long time. And no, these I folks, agree. these folks like took care of each other. No, I definitely agree. I, I, I would say the same thing. I remember this person, I, I don't know if they'll feel comfortable with me naming them, but I'll say their nickname, Little Boots. She knows who she is. But Little Boots, I'll never forget her father passed away. And um, I'm pretty sure it was her. I might be mixing her up with one other people because, I mean, one, Soju, and I'm talking about 20 years worth of, like, knowledge in my head that I'm trying to recall on here. But, um, yeah, Little Boots, I'll never forget. Like, the gym was kind of her sanctuary for a little bit from from what it perceived to me because, like, a lot of things happened. And I don't remember if it was... I don't remember if it was like it happened during that time or not, but I just remember Kenzie making a really smart ass joke. And then she was like, no, my father's not alive. And I, we were all like, Oh, and then from that moment on, like, you know, the amount of support and the amount of like things that happened. And granted we loved her and we respect her before, but like we realized that she was going through some stuff. And in my opinion, you know, Little Boots is an integral part of this community. And once again, I don't think she would allow me to give her her real name, but she's a staple in the community and a lot more people probably know her than anybody else realizes. But, um, you know, Paige? Uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I made a lot of really great relationships at the gym and I... Like, there was a, a period of time I uh, I had gotten divorced, and I, I didn't have anywhere to stay. Uh, for a while, I was staying at the gym, uh, sleeping under big techs, um, which I totally got asthma from sleeping at the gym because there was mold everywhere above big techs that they just, like, painted over. That's why you <laughs> sleep inside the island. I lived in the gym for three months. <laughs> I like, like, there's a reason why you live inside the island. You would rather take the sawdust than the mold. Yeah, I just didn't like the hammock. I I get it. I get get it. But there's a reason why, like, so little known fact. um, Once again, I I don't know if this person will allow me to give out their name. So I'm going to just be cool. But that upstairs area next to the hammock was actually an apartment. Oh. For someone, like, straight up. They had like, so those lights that were installed in there, I installed those motion sensor lights for them and they're on a switch. The switch isn't there anymore, but they could turn it off. But that person had a couch, a TV. They had like an Xbox 360. This kind of tells you how old it is. Um, 
you know, and they would play games and they would live up there. And someone was literally straight up living there. There was a refrigerator, a microwave up there, about a whole area. And then the hammock, um, there was that part didn't. So where all those speaker boxes are, because the gym used to have those old speaker boxes that like should have been thrown away a long time ago. Um, prior to that, there was a bunch of um, panels lied down because there was a mattress up there. And someone was like straight up living there for months and months. I lived in the gym on and off for three months. You know, I'm not going to lie. Back in my younger days, if I got a girlfriend, then, you know, it was great. I had a place to another place to crash for a little bit. But then if it didn't work out, then I moved back into the gym. <laughs> so I'm happy to know the gym was a home for people. Yeah, it definitely was. And I, I stayed there for probably about a month. Um, and Eddie was actually like way before he and I started dating. Like he was the one that initially let me stay there. Because like I, one of the people that I was working with there, he knew what was going on with me and was trying to help me out. And he was like, dude, you you can't just sleep in your car every night. Like you need somewhere to actually sleep. And he contacted Eddie about it. Um, cause I was just too embarrassed, but I, uh, after I was sleeping there for about a month, I was just climbing with this dude who, frankly, I was totally hitting on him cause I thought he was super cute. And I mentioned offhandedly like, yeah, I'm just kind of staying here right now. Cause you know, things are hard. And he was like, well, I have a room that is just empty right now. Like just come stay here for a while. And like, he he had a group of friends that immediately like they all took me in they became my group of friends we all live in different states now but like we get together pretty frequently and go climb wherever we are together and like it's even outside of like the staff that have worked there and like that got me through really hard times like the community there was just beat par bar none like amazing hmm. yeah i think I mean, I only think that's capable in a gym kind of like that because, I mean, it's not, once again, it's not your global gym. It's not your huge facility. I'm not saying these huge facilities don't have communities and don't have networks like that. But if I had to describe D-Rocks in a simple word, it's like the TV show Cheers. You walk into that gym, everybody knows who you are, and that's it. And King's X across the street. Oh, my God. <laughs> King's X. King's X. <laughs> oh my gosh! I just I gotta go to King's X now. I haven't gone. No, in... you don't. You you don't. Okay, hold on. Because <laughs> like He's it's offended. a nice bar, but you speak sacrilegious, woman. <laughs> <laughs> I th you almost made me went back to like seventeen twelve and drown you, but like a witch that you are, you speak so sacrilegious about King's X. You have no idea the treachery that you speak. I mean, they, they have really cheap drinks, and, like, that's great. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you something about King's X. One, the Shuffleboard League. We used to have a Dallas Rock Shuffleboard League because if you join the Shuffleboard League there, you got a pitcher, two pitchers for free every night when you had team practice. Two, more marriages and relationships have started and failed and begun and ended and shit got figured out. And shit got Saul, like before Instagram and all that other shit. King's X was social media. 
And then I would say the last and final thing about it is Marty, who owns that bar, and some of the people, I'll never forget the coolest day in the world was, you know, if you've been in King's X, you know what I mean. Um, The crew that's in that gym is not, you know, your athletic bunch and that. The coolest day in the world is when all of them showed up to a gym, showed up to the gym when we had a competition, and they came just to support Kenzie, myself, and Jared. And they were just like, I can't believe this is what you guys do. <laughs> oh, my God. This is great. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I love all of them. And they were just amazing people. And I don't know. I, I had a lot of broken heart nights in that gym, in that bar. I had a lot of broken heart nights in that bar. And I remember that bar, I it was the only place in Dallas I had a running tab. Like they had my card on file and I had a running tab. But I get it. King's X is like it's not your like your pretty glamorous bar, but neither it, was Dallas. And I think that's why they were a perfect pair. It was a perfect pair. Oh man. The Ethiopian place next to it, too, is pretty dope. You know, I never tried that place, but we would go to, um, it. The they just changed the name, but Thai to go. Oh, yeah. It's right there. All the time, everybody would order from there. Oh, yeah. No, because they got so used to it. I would call, actually, T5, extra chicken, spice level, number eight. Or or if I was feeling, if I was feeling spicy, number 11. Dang. Yeah, T5. T5 extra chicken um, every day. And I would literally order that food every day and they would drop it off at the gym. And once again, they have my card on file. Wow. Yeah. Man, I haven't thought about that in so long. The little grandmother that used to cook in the back of that kitchen was the sweetest woman ever. She was so nice. Man. Wow. Are they, what did they change their name to? They got bought out by... Did they get bought out? The Tidego place? Yeah, I thought they just changed the name because it looked like it was like the same menu and everything. Um, I mean, I think they're just under a different name is my assumption. I, Ever since one of my employees stopped working pretty frequently, no one else would go to Tidego. Um, So I really couldn't tell you. I don't know, because some people were like, Tidego makes you go. And that's what people would say. And I would always look at people and I'm like, that's because you can't handle spice. You can take your bland palate somewhere else. And... People got offended by that, but that's what I'm here for. Oh, man. I feel like, okay, sorry. I'm going on like tangents on like different things, and I'm like trying to bring it back to the gym every time, but <laughs> I think that's the point of this place. It like it connects a, a lot of different places. Like, yeah, it, like, it intersects it doesn't, with a lot. It doesn't just end at the gym. I would personally, like for me, I would always go to Yama because they had, that's, that's where I first experienced Soju, I believe. Um, and they, they're, and they are still open. They're still probably one of my favorite isekaias. Um, I believe we, I forgot when the last time we went there as a big group. Um, but when we were there, there were these, um, in Korean, they're called aljuma, which is like your older, like your grandmas, mm-hmm. um, or your aunties, but they would just like come in and they would offer shots to folks. And they were just like. We don't even know y'all, but I mean, I guess this is the area that this attracts, right? Where like, uh, you know, man, I think that's in. just that neighborhood. Like that, that whole neighborhood was so 
it was mostly minorities, immigrants, like that whole neighborhood, like everything from like Yaya, no, like not Yaya. Um, what's that quote unquote crazy? You, you know where O'Reilly's is right up the street? Yes. The the wannabe nice restaurant that's right next to there? The um, Italian place? Yeah. Oh, man. It used to be on the corner next to the hair salon. Oh. And they moved over there. And then a guy named Alex who owned that restaurant, who was a pilot who did skydiving and base jumping in Canada, was the guy who owned that. He was also one of the executive chefs. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then uh, Will Brock and I taught him how to trad climb. And then he went all over the world and started base jumping other places. But like, dude, that whole community is like that. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe this is... It's a good thing and a bad thing. I don't know how I feel about this, but I'm just going to roll with it. Um, you know, gyms are built in most gyms are from what I'm from, except for Plano and Grapevine, realistically, that I know of. Most gyms have been built that I've seen. They take advantage of low income communities, you know, low socioeconomic communities or minority communities. And the biggest disservice that they build is that they do is they don't plug in to how warm and inviting those cultures are. They miss out on that. And I think most people miss out on that. And it isn't until you get that diverse culture in that gym and they feel comfortable exploring there. And then everyone else who goes to that gym normally is like, well, why would you ever go there? I'm like, these places are great. You know, it's like the same thing. It's like, you know, Tidego, King X, um, you know, everywhere around that. Like, I, I feel like unless you have someone to show you that like you don't you, you don't get that and i wonder if it's the same thing for like silver street in houston for a move you know, for a momentum you know they're built in a you know a community that's being gentrified but at the same time there's a lot of like real good gyms in that area food culture and different things it may not be your cup of tea but they've been there for decades and there's a reason why yeah i think that's definitely one of the things that like the only thing that really Plano benefits from, from a personal experience standpoint, is UTD is like right there. Mm -hmm. So like those college kids are just like, well, if we're not drinking, or we're doing other stuff, then like let's just start, you know, doing other things. I met a lot of folks who uh, attended UTD, like like um, student nights would be popping there. Mm -hmm. um, but like at Dallas, I would just there, you could see anyone, anyone pops in the gym, and like you know you treat them the same, uh, specifically if they're a kingpin. And you, you know, treat them to a good time, like regardless of their, like, you know, socioeconomic backing uh, and such. Unless they're uh, a particular individual who took dumps in the back, oh, back, no. build, back side of the building. Um, but that was probably... Do the, you tell more? Oh, man. I was, I forget, it was, an, it was a weekend. Uh, I was just visiting the gym on a whim just to hang out with the staff or just, I think I was climbing or whatever. And then one of my shift managers just comes up and it's just like, hey, this guy's stealing some yerbas. And I'm a, I'm a yerba fanatic, orange exuberance for life. And I was like, not my yerbas. Why didn't y'all say anything? Why are you talking to me? That's your job. <laughs> uh, at the time, I was like, I was a little peeved about that. But he came back a second time. And I'm like, hey, man, put it back. You're going to pay for it. And he just, and he like, definitely like, you know, probably going through, going through some stuff, maybe on some stuff. None of, none of my, not my place to judge per se. But ever since that day, 
one, I forgot, I think it was another one of my shift managers um, who was ever so curious, um, was at the back of the building just doing a walk around because we would do that. We were trying to make sure there's no, no yeah, litter. yeah, that makes kinda, sense. Kinda keep, I do gotta, that at Plano. You just walk around the building, gotta, gotta see keep what's it going nice. on. And then they would just be like, Hey, man, um, you're gonna want to sit down for this. And I sat down, and my, my uh, shift manager had told me that there is human doo doo at the back of the building, and I was like, There's no way. And then I like regrettably. And like painfully asked my openers, hey man, I was like, hey man, just, just give it a quick drive by. If there's more, let me know. You don't go, you don't gotta do anything about it. Just let me know. And then for a couple of weeks, there would be a lot more. So I, not wanting my staff to deal with human doo doo, I would just put on double layer of gloves, mask up, apron up. I got the pressure washer. I pressure washed as much as I could and shoveled the rest in in a double stuffed bag. And I just cleaned that back area that no one drives through, by the way. I did it off principle because I don't want... I always some... drove through that leaving the gym. That's like the way to leave. That's what I do now. Also, too, getting out of the parking lot from that way is easier. Yeah, I Oh, agree. my God, so much easier. Yeah. That's the beta. But yeah, man, that, that, that time, it was funny because I'm... Um, wasn't there toilet paper too? There was toilet paper. <laughs> that 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 individual would take monster doos. It was it was actually it was Do you incredible. Think it was the Irvamante person. Yeah, I mean, almost it, definitely. Because that person, was, I, I I I just imagine that person was just mad offended that we didn't let him take that stuff for free. That they're just like almost like a dump next to your business. And then one and then another night. This I don't know if it's the same person. Or if it's a new person, this person was bold. You know where the spigot is? Mm-hmm. Um, right next to it, took a like a little dump. Because I saw him wash his hands, which was like, okay, cool, wash your hands. But he took a dump right there. And whenever they would wipe, the toilet paper would just go anywhere. So so like there could still be doo-doo toilet paper flying, especially that CrossFit gym. It could be right there. And like that oh amazes God, me. Oh God, I forgot about that CrossFit gym. I remember when that place opened. That place when they opened... They were like, we asked them, like, hey, do you ever want to partner up, blah, blah, blah. And they asked us, like, yeah, we'll partner up. Why don't uh, every member that you guys have, they have access to our gym, and you just pay us a percentage of your members. And we were like, no, definitely not. Just a little bit one-sided. Yeah, no, it's definitely not going to be a thing. And then, oh, funny fact, prior to that CrossFit gym, it was a glass blowing shop where they made bongs. And pieces. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will have to introduce you guys to Liberty, who I, I had, you know, I'm incriminating myself, but whatever. Um, you know, I have partaken, and um, I had a piece that I needed repaired, and they couldn't repair it. So then they gave me for free this thing, and I will show you. Whoa. And it is very, 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 very nice. I mean, I remember I brought it home. My roommates were like, dude, that's like a $200, $300 thing wow. at that time. I don't know what it's worth now, but it's, she still sets me free, so that's why her name is Liberty. Um, mm. But uh, that is disgusting. Yeah. Man. That is absolutely disgusting. But it was just one of those things, man. I was just like, you know, my staff goes through a lot of things. Like, there's there's definitely some some homeless folks that comes by, 
and some of them some of them deal with it more than others and i'm just like let me just take this literal doo-doo off your plate and i'll, I'll deal with it is the uh, is there still a black homeless guy bald-headed wears a big bunch of crosses and always has a has a trash bag with a bunch of clothes still walk around <gasps> You know who I'm talking about. He yelled at me once. He called me an Uncle Tom. Oh, no. He was like, you nigger ass Uncle Tom. I'm just trying to. I'm like, listen, bro, you got the goat. He was like, you just doing all these white people's bidding. <laughs> you just doing the, you, oh, you doing man. the man's bidding. You just, you, you just an Uncle Tom. And I was just like, I might be an Uncle Tom, but I got a paycheck. And he just looked at me. He was like. And I was like, nah, all right, you need to move along now. Oh, man. He tried to give him. No, I'm not right. He looks old man strong. He wanted to fight me multiple times. But yeah, that dude was coming around forever. Yeah, he he came up whenever I was like making sure that the teen kids got to their cars okay. And there were like a few kids standing outside waiting for their parents. And he came up and started asking for money. And I was like, nah, man, these these are kids like you cannot come over here asking kids for money like that's that's a no-go man and he just started arguing with me and then i was like okay have a good day goodbye he just walked off kept yelling slurs and yeah yeah everything at me it's great yeah wow you know it's sad i mean don't be wrong i'm very sad that that's a situation for him but it also brings me a small sense of joy to know that there's still some consistency in the area but at the same time, like, I really, I, I remember we tried to, like, offer him some help. And I'll never forget. He was like, I don't take freaking handouts. And I'm, we were like, didn't you just ask for money? Like, this is the wildest thing. But at the same time, I think that's when we realized that, like, there was more going on than just being homeless. Like, it was, it was a much more complex situation going on. And, yeah. The stories of this gym live on. So I guess what is one thing that you you all would hope that how would you guys like to see the spirit of D Rocks kind of like live on and grow and move forward or move into the other gyms? Is there any kind of thing? Because like obviously the gym didn't survive because it didn't have Waltopia walls or vertical solution walls. It didn't have that. I think if it would have had like modern day walls, it would still be around. But it didn't, and, and you know, it did look a little bit like an armpit. It was my armpit, yeah. But it did look like an armpit. It was your all of our armpits, unified armpits. Armpits are sweating. I'm not gonna yeah. lie to you. Armpit hive mind. Yes. Oh my god. Did you guys ever? <laughs> did you guys work in there? Oh, did you ever experience when the AC went out during the summer? Oh, oh my god, that I... was. The- Worst. You know that's like a regular occurrence. Like it would always happen. Dude, like, trying to manage camps with that and having parents yelling at me directly about it. Like I can do anything to help the situation. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, that is like, like a decade old problem. The only time it ever got fixed is we had a member who was an air, who was an air conditioning person. And they would go into the gym and they would put this special acid in it that would eat up all the crud. You would tell me about that, actually. Yeah, that. yeah. And they would uh, they would do that. And they would do it once every, I think his name was Isaac. And his mom used to work at the gym. No, his mom climbed at the gym. 
And he would do that. And as long as he did that, we gave him free memberships. And that was the only, for those three years, it was the only time the AC ever worked at the gym. Yeah. The most recent time in 2022, it was actually like probably my like least favorite part about working uh, at that time, was both of the main HVAC units. So you have your RTU-1 and your RTU-2. Um, one unit, we... One unit went out and it was actually this, it actually was a big thing. It was because there's like this wire was straight up burnt and we had to, it had to be replaced. So that it wasn't like a simple fix. Um, and then eventually the second one went out. That one ended up being a, a fuse replacement. Super, super quick. We contacted this one company and um, it was for an entire month. I think this is when we reached record levels of, of heat in 2022 and we had an entire month where it was just hot as hot as hell outdoors as it was indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely lost a lot of members at that time um, just because of how long it took, which was like one of like the biggest like things that I think that, you know, Summit did as a mistake because um, it really just did a disservice to people, especially whenever, you know, movement uh, opened up their gym in the oh, hill, the hill yeah. because they were like well i'm gonna go to where there's ac and i was like i respect that and i'm trying to do my job trying to get them to get there and like like i was like all right this is the quote this is how much they're quoting us we can get it going in a week or two weeks and they would ask me to get the price down and i'm like how do i do that I'm like that's, that's not that, that's not what y'all hired me for and not the haggle and I was like, I don't know how to haggle. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't know HVAC prices were, or, or it was electrical, it was electrical problem actually. They had to lift the entire unit up to get to a junction box that was inside the curb adapter is what it's called because there's the roof, the curb adapter, and the HVAC unit. They had to lift it, and it had to work in tandem with another with electrical company, and then we had the HVAC company. The HVAC company had to bring a crane to lift up that HVAC unit. I remember hearing about this. And they were so rude to the electricians, and I like kind of submitted a complaint for them too, because I'm like, why are you guys being rude to each other? I'm trying to, I'm trying to get AC for my customers. I'm just trying to get this done. And the electricians were great people. I even offered some of them a free day pass for their families. Um, and and yeah, I looked at the wire, and I'm like, that that's fucked. And and there and I was like, and even even recently when we were, we were doing demobilization, it was it was hot outside. But inside, as soon as we walked in, I'm like, dang, the AC is great. So it was one of those tragic things. Whenever we did close down, I'm like, I was looking forward to that. Because I even um, gave them a quote, somewhat a quote of, uh, what was it? The, um, the sun blocking film. What is that um. called? I, I think I know what tint. Yeah. Yeah. I got tint installed too. And I was looking forward to it because I was like, I'm, because that's what I was really curious about. I was like, how is Dallas going to do in the summer? Because I know historically we have oh, issues. Oh, it's a story. It's a sweat lodge. And I was like, I think 2023 is our year where we're not going to have an issue because I think I, I did my due diligence and like, I was like, hey. That's sad. And I was like, I was looking forward to it. And yeah. I'm like, dang, I got a taste of it, but I, I want to see it crank yeah no you didn't get to see the labor of your work really for you know like flourish fruit that's yeah. rough yeah not really my work you know obviously per se i wasn't the one to 
do all of the true, heavy but lifting. you know, I mean, you're spearheading it. Yeah, yeah that is no, fair. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Ah, oh, so I guess if you guys had to say a farewell to the gym, what would you say? Make me cry, God. Oh man, if you weren't there for the oh, for I the was, party, I uh, was there. I, I, I mean, gave, I was a little lit, but I was there. I gave I gave my speech there. I'll, I'll give I'll give a. I'll give mine after Paige does so that they can get their tears out the way. Yeah, I mean, like, I I started climbing and, like, got into the climbing community after getting out of, like, a whole job situation where, like, I ended up suing the place and I don't even want to... whatever. But, like, somebody that worked there with me also worked at Summit and that's just... I got it by happenstance. I didn't even climb before, but, like, I am so happy I joined this community because the people that I have met here have like changed my life and just climbing itself has changed like like I feel better like my relationships are better I think I'm more resilient like I have a better work ethic like just the the list of positives just goes on and on and I'm I'm always going to be thankful for the people that were at that gym that took me in, I'm always going to think of that gym as a home and I'm just holding on to hope that somebody buys it <laughs> and opens up like some independent little rinky dink function. Probably won't happen, but I can dream. I think it's a dream. I definitely do. I'm with you. Don't it's run. a good dream. In my heart, I'm with you, but I think it's a dream. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I guess for me, I'm trying. I'm trying not to reuse um, my verbiage that I did on Sunday. Uh, most people probably weren't there, so. Say but I mean, yeah, want. I mean, it, it was it was a it was a fun time. Um, so I guess what I would say is, um, you know, uh, a lot of things come and go. Um, that is, you know, the way of life. You know, some folks don't necessarily get to have the chance to experience it as long as others. A lot of us, you know, don't really know how good the thing is until it's gone and how much of a thing is or what people are until we end up being displaced. Uh, a lot of the folks that I was there with, um, I spent you know a good two years with developing my skills as a manager, but also as a person of just you know having these people come around. Uh, the, the lives that we were able to change as a staff was one of the things that I pride myself in my, hopefully my staff uh, shares the same thing because uh, it's a great thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a special thing that we are you know blessed with to be able to do, that we're able to serve these folks of different backgrounds and also interact with each other when we have different backgrounds and being able to come together as a unit and then being able to spread our joy to other folks. And one of the hopes that I have is that we're able to continue to do so in these larger gyms, in these newer gyms, these nicer gyms. Um, you know, the gym was definitely the place that helped make it a thing and helped make a place special. Obviously, the the place is a special place. I would, I would even consider it a sacred, sacred place. Yeah, um, and it definitely is. But one of the things is, that I do hope wholesomely is that my both for my staff and the people that we serve is that we can bring that same, you know, D-Rocks, some of Dallas energy to the other gyms. I don't know, we like to get loud. 
I know some folks are used to that, but I think we just got to keep the same energy. We don't need to code switch because it's climbing, man. You know, there's, there is no fancy place out there when you're outdoors, especially if you do pride yourself in climbing outdoors. It's mm -hmm. real out there. Mm -hmm. No one's going to politely ask you to do anything different. There is no rules out there. Obviously, there's rules indoors because there's litigations yep. and there's yep. uh, there's there's waivers and stuff you got to sign just to uh, disclaim that. But you know, man, like you gotta you gotta keep that same energy that you brought to D Rocks Summit Dallas, and you should, you will, and if I if I would be so bold to ask you to to just keep keep the keep the energy that y'all bring that y'all have brought to that gym and bring it to other gyms. Mm -hmm. um, and just you know, try to try to make those places that we are now going to have to call home an actual home, and it takes a uh, it takes a village to do mm -hmm. so. Because if if you know if not for y'all, you know the people that we serve, we're not here. And obviously, you know things age away. But a lot of the things that we need is cooperation in order to do so. And it really starts at the customer level at the people we service. And that's one of the things that I've learned is that like, yeah, I can do as many things great for my staff, but if they're not doing the same thing for their actual customers, then we're, we're what are we doing if we're trying to form a community, sustain a community, if we're not willing to do that with anyone and everyone that comes into the gyms, even if we've been around for a while and the, there's lots of new blood that are coming in as the sport grows, uh, as the sport grows, the industry grows. Uh, the gyms grow, which is great. Mm -hmm. You know, for me personally, I believe so because there's a lot of great new gyms out there. And, you know, just try to find the right people. You know, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be everybody. You know, my mama always would say, uh, she, she told me whenever I got in first into, my, into a retail job and I would complain about these customers and my mom would just tell me, because she's in customer service, she would just be like, it's okay. You can't please everybody, and I, and I was like, I, that's right. I can't please everybody, but if I can give everybody, you know, the best from my person, then I'm doing my part and doing my part when it comes to climbing in the community, especially when it came to uh, some of Dallas was just like, just trying to give my my best and my all to the people that came into the building. Uh, and just being and like the people that came here to climb and being able to, if at some point make their day a little better or hell, egg them on for their projects yeah. or just, you know, some of them would get on training plans with me. And, uh, you know, some folks would, you know, ask about, you know, my personal biz and, you know, I've like, I've been dealing with back issues recently and like a lot of people are pretty invested to see how that goes. Um, but, you know, a lot of a lot of what goes into what came into some of Dallas was just how much how much of a how much of a family are you able to recognize that you're a part of that you realize that you're not connected by blood, but you can see these folks and be like, yeah, that's my brother. That's my that's my sister. Some folks would go as far as to say and call me dad. Um, I didn't like that. Uh, disclaimer. Wow. It was definitely weird when my staff said daddy to me one time. And I was like, that's the last, that's the first and last time you'll ever say that. Yeah. No, that's, I, that's I weird. Cut that off real fast. It was weird, but it was funny, but there's, but it was, um, it was, uh, some, some folks, some folks kind of meant it, 
but some folks whenever they call someone mom they really mean it um because mm. um, you know a lot of folks i like i'm i'm blessed to have you know really good relations with my mother and some for some folks to find others at the job who are a motherly figure or some people in the gym like the gym mom like that's a big responsibility that people have and some folks some folks don't realize it like me uh, i didn't realize how much of a difference i would make in the staff's um lives even though i wasn't you know as personally involved but just in terms of like what the job enabled them to do which was my my personal mission statement of you know what can i do to have these folks do great things in their job and have a fun time doing it but also being able to carry the lessons that i'm trying to impart to them to carry on to their future endeavors because a lot of these folks they would work for actually i didn't have we didn't have to hire a lot of folks for a while and i was happy about the low turnover rate for the employees just because of the amount of people we kept on mm-hmm. and the amount of and like whenever we would hire someone on they would be so quick to meld into our staff and just be so quick to just you know just be a good individual be a good person and just to hang out with um but i can go on and on about my staff because that's that's really my my proudest thing one of the things that i would always say is uh one time i asked them i was like hey what's what do you think is the most valuable thing in the gym and the folks would say the most obvious things like oh the holds probably um uh, the the building itself and I would I would look at them and I would be like you're right but those are pretty valuable but to me as you know your manager the most valuable thing that is in this building is the staff because the amount of time that I spend developing them whether it's casually or professionally you know the amount of time they spend in the gym is like obviously in a monetary value it's up there, you know, mm-hmm. we, like it's, it's a consistent, you know, payment investment that goes into them and their time. Uh, but it's also an investment of my personal time too. And my professional time that puts that value in there. And they're the first thing that people see. Yeah. People can see these tall walls in Plano. Uh, but the first person, the first, you know, the first thing that they interact with is with the front desk. Yeah. And that's, and that to me is like, what's, what what's most valuable and honestly that makes or breaks that makes or breaks a community is if you have a bad interaction with the front desk person which it happens you know let's let's be real there's we try to be perfect but there's some factors we cannot um control and that's just because of people may have um you know some folks some folks carry carry it on their shoulders a lot they come into the gym with it and sometimes we're, we're just the trigger point and they just blow up. Uh, that's part of customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, but that's but that's like a you know a catastrophic example. But just have just doing the most, what I consider the most basic thing is just like greeting the person that comes in the building, is like that's that's community right there. Especially when you mean it. Like mm-hmm. you can just say like, hey, how you doing? What's up? But if you like see a person, and like react body language wise, and be like. Hey, what's up? How you going? Especially if you know them, and that's one of the things that I, I really found most impressive about Summit when I was a member. Still, was people would recognize my name. Obviously, my name would pop up when you scan in on MindBody. It tells you even tells you your birthday sometimes. Um, but sometimes they would do it with they would want to do it without looking at it. They would like 
don't scan in. I know your name. And then whenever, like, especially when you tell someone, you're like, you know their name. And I'm like, oh, this person, this person knows me. Yeah. And they will take the time afterwards and be like, yo, what's up? So-and-so, how's your project going? And like, that's one of the, and like, that's why I find the front desk staff at any gym, like the most expensive, the most valuable thing that we should like invest in the most in, in the community because they're, 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 I find them to be the bridges mm-hmm. for a lot of folks. There's a lot of folks that I've, that I've, um, you know, connected with, especially during when we came back during, um, a lockdown, folks were scared to talk to each other. Yeah. I it was, that. um, it was an anxious time. And I would be like, it was, it was when we we're still open to like 2 AM or something. If you remember that time, mm-hmm. hated it personally. I was a student at that time. I was trying to do a calculus at 3 AM, which was never fun. <laughs> um, I say, I say now, but, but man, yeah, just like spending the time to chat with them. Obviously you still need to be at the desk at a certain point, but if you have the time that I would probably say to like most, if all, if not all managers is like, if you have the time, like you need to, you need to send your staff to, to chat with folks because especially those, especially those, uh, those loners, sometimes they got earbuds on. Yeah. No, you, respect, respect, respect the, the earbuds. Right. But sometimes people, do want to go out there to put themselves out there and chat with folks. Um, and they just need that little bit of push. And I've, and I've definitely tried and successfully done that and melded myself with other folks. Cause I was an introvert when I first started climbing, I would only climb with my friend Peter and it would just be me and him and no one else existed. Um, but then I started, I applied, you know, got front mm-hmm. desk at Carrollton and I'm just like, all right, I got to, I gotta put myself out there. So before I even started my first shift, uh, this is where I met one of the one of my first friends in climbing. Um, but I would just be like, "Hey, hello, my name's Eddie. I are y'all climbing this? Like, what y'all y'all know how to do this? I would be so awkward, and it was just like, <laughs> how do I talk to people now? Now nowadays, I mean, you you know me. Yeah, I know, um, I know. It's different I'll, now. Now it's just like I, I'll I'll just I'll 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 chime up a conversation, no prob, but man. Did you work at Carrollton all the way until the like air conditioning ripped off? Yeah. So actually uh, fun yeah. story about that. Um, that the, the HVAC getting demolished by the tornado uh, is synonymous with the day I got lead certified at old grapevine. So I don't know if it's on, I'm surely it must be on file nowadays, but um, that day I got lead certified was the day Carrollton got destroyed. I was in great fine. I got laser certified. It was great. I was super sick for some reason. I got like the stomach bug, but I still passed for some reason because I had a great teacher. Um, and we were at a diner and we saw the, cr- it was like the one where the crane fell. You, I don't know if oh, you, you remember yes, that. Yes, I remember that. That, that. was, that was a time. It was a big day. That was and, a lot. That, that, that wind shear that came through Dallas destroyed yeah. a lot of stuff. And that was also the year later on. We had those two tornadoes that touched down at night and like yes. destroyed most of Highland Park or University Park, killed a couple of people. It was wild. Yeah, Garland got hit by that too. I remember my dad's house was like very barely missed by that. Oh man, that Home Depot got. Oh, oh yeah, that Home Depot was actually by my dad's house. That's right. Yeah, oh that's yeah, right. that thing this was like demolished. It was, it was a great, for me, that was a turning point because I was like, Carrollton, we got Carrollton for a few times and there was a whole lot of stuff that happened. One of my close friends in the climate community passed away that 
Um, if you were lucky enough to see, I, I put a poster of him on there that one of my friends took a picture of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would kind of use him as an example of, you know, how I treat the community is just, you know, some of these folks you don't realize that you're, you know, here with, you're climbing with, it's climbing. It's a dangerous sport. It's a dangerous lifestyle, really, some, for, for a lot of folks, depending on what you do. Um, but you kind of have to appreciate the time that you spend with them and being able to recognize that, you know, just like the gym that has eventually passed on, like there's folks out there that you, it could be your last interaction yeah. because of one reason or another, but you have to be able to like, you know, give them your best self because you don't want to like leave an interaction with a regret that you, like you don't want to have. No, I, I, I 100% agree with you. You got to take every moment as a blessing. You got to take every moment as good. I would have to say, um, um, D-Rocks taught me how to be a Texan. I think that's really what it is. And maybe in the corny, iconic sense, but, you know, when I moved to Texas, I originally came to seminary here. And it was a different crowd. It was a different group of people. I won't really get into that. That's another episode, another day. But um, when I walked into D- Dallas Rocks, I remember from working at Whole Earth Provision Company, I got invited by Rob Kenderson to go to that gym. And I walked in and I climbed for the very first time and I'll never forget. I was like, it reminded me of track and field. And I remember I did a couple days in a rental shoes and within like, I think I did two days in rental shoes. And then I immediately bought some 510 Coyotes. And, and then it's just the world just lit on fire. And if I have to say farewell, to Dallas Rocks, which I do, we all do. Um, I would say thank you for teaching me how to be a Texan, whether that's being a cowboy or whatever. But you taught me how to be the most loving, kind, most loving, kind, hard ass that I can ever be. I when I walked into that gym, when I walked into that gym, I was somewhere. I was someone when I walked into that gym, I was someone who was going nowhere fast. And I think that at that time in my life and that time of day and age was the most dangerous thing for a young black man because I really had no aspirations for anything. I just was like, I was just happy that I didn't have kids out of wedlock or didn't have, you know, illegitimate children. I was, I didn't have a prison record. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. But I really had nothing else. I had no desire to do anything else. And I'll never forget, I started climbing. And I went on my first climbing trip. And then I realized I can actually go places and do things outside of a realm, of a world, of a possibility, of a hinkling that I ever knew was available for anyone who looked like me or was me. And I, and you know, for the better part of 10 years, I never saw anybody who looked like me climbing, but I didn't care because the community that I had really was just like, Hey, listen, you're here. You're one of us. And 
it was probably one of the few times that a community saw me as a man of color, but they also knew that I identified as a rock climber. And it was like, it was just very powerful. Because it was also the first time I had really candid conversations with people about like my life and like who I'm from. It was the first time that people were just like, oh, where are you from? And I'd be like, oh, I grew up in this beautiful place called Manassas, Virginia. It was gorgeous. You know, I went to the school and this and that. And anywhere else I've ever been or anywhere else in Texas is always like, oh, that's great. But like people leaned in to know who I was. They leaned in to want to know me. And um, it just, it, it honestly gave me a lot of compassion for people. And it helped me grow. I had my first adult heartbreak in that gym, falling in love with people. I met my ex-wife in that gym. Um, I met my ex-wife actually in Carrollton, but our relationship grew at D-Rocks. I... I learned how to camp because of that gym. I learned how to cook because of that gym, more so than I already did for my parents. I cannot honestly, wholeheartedly say that that gym did not affect every single aspect of my life. I was homeless. It gave me a place to live. I felt like I had lost my religion and it gave me spirituality. You know, it allowed the climbing community to do that. I would say that gym allowed the birth of a community that I have had a very honorable, small, big, whatever you want to call it. I've had the very strong privilege to contribute to for the last 20 years of my life. But I would have to simply put like, the only way I know how to describe Dallas Rocks is it was my home. Single, single handedly put, it was my home. Taught me how to be an adult, how many have a career. It forced me to grow in ways that I never thought was possible. I didn't even know it was fathomable. Like, I just didn't know. Like, you don't know what you don't know. And um, I am forever blessed to know that place. And I would not be the person or the individual who does what he does now if it was not for that place. Like, I mean, hell, I've married more people out of that gym and I now coach people, children that I once coached them as adult, that's children. I coach people, I coach children that are now adults and their children are joining the program that I'm coaching still. And it's like mind boggling. I've run into people at airports who are like, I literally, like I was, someone was like coach Mario and I was like in an airport in Vegas and I was like, huh? And I've run into people. It's just, yeah, it, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I simply say, I, I simply have to say thank you for allowing me to become the individual that I am today. Because ultimately by that gym just existing and flourishing the community that lived in it, because the building did nothing. The community did everything. The building was just an incubator absolutely, for the community. And, um, I, I am beyond blessed to be able to be there. And so 
I say farewell. I say goodbye with sorrow in my heart, sadness in my soul. But I turn the page on a chapter that I think we all knew that was coming. And if I have to say anything to anybody, if that gym really meant as much as it did to all of us in this room, as it did to you listening to it, then I think you have a duty, as you said, Eddie, to take the spirit of that gym, the community, the hard assness, the joy, the loud, the the boisterous nature of all of it. You have a duty to take that spirit every single place you go and infuse that kind of happiness, infuse that kind of joy. Because if you don't, I believe you're truly tarnishing the memory of that. And I think that's really what that place was meant to be. Like, we all knew its days were numbered. And I think it spent the better part of its last days making sure that every one of us who were a part of it understand the responsibility and the joy that we have to give to the rest of our community. There will never be another D-Rocks. But this community will always and forever live on because it has grown leaps and fold. Like I remember we were bragging about how Dallas is the coolest community because we have 2,000 climbing members. There were, and like That was max between all the gyms. There's 2,000 members. That's a joke now. That is a joke. Thank God. So. Um. Not enough soju in the world. <laughs> Did you run out? Uh, dude, I've been out. I'm just like getting emotional. Um, If people want to find you guys, follow you guys, just be a part of your journey. How can they do that? Uh, I mean, my Instagram is just my first and last name in, in a uh, in a fun way. Uh, it's just Eddie Fun Vanilla, so E D D I E F U N V A N I L L A. That was my little nickname. One of my um, one of my fellow students back in high school gave me. He just he just looked up. He just looked at me one day and just go and just called me Fun Vanilla, and I was like. You son of a bitch. I like that. That is mine now for the rest of my days. I'm so glad I didn't have to come up with my own nickname. Fun Vanilla. I mean. Yeah. No, I'm into it. Uh, Yeah. I, I don't really do social media that much. I still have a Facebook that I mostly use because I'm actually ancient. But my Instagram that I barely post at is peach.tree98. Um, and if you're one of my students listening to this, um, you don't get to call me Paige. My name is Miss Martinez, and you don't get to follow me on Instagram. I'm looking at you, Jonathan and Alex. Okay, thank you. Oh wow, wow! I was like, on the name dropped them. Wow, I mean, is it weird for me to say that I still? I recently checked my MySpace; it's still active. Oh wow! I, I didn't know. even think the servers for that were. Still uh, they up. still work. <laughs> they still work. Oh, man. Well, I want to thank you lovely people for being here and coming over and, you know, sharing your memories about this beautiful place that we love. And I think it's interesting. We have, it's we really have, it's not truly three different generations of, of D-Rocks in the building, 
but we almost do. And I think it's like, it's wild. And I think it's a very magical thing to know that the through line, the consistent thread is the same, no matter what time and age and day you came into that gym. And I hope anyone listening to this, you feel the same. And if you don't, well, I feel sorry for you, (laughs) but I got news for you. We are going to make sure that you have the opportunity to feel that now that movement owns everything. You bet your bottom dollar movement. We are bringing that DFW D rocks ratchetness to everything. It is coming. The shenanigans. Yes. (laughs) As soon as as my back problems are solved, it's, it's back. Literally. (laughs) <laughs> I, just re- I just realized I did, I did that my fault <laughs> oh man alright I thank you guys and I love you very much thank you I hope you enjoyed this episode it's the end of an age but it's the beginning of a beautiful, beautiful new saga, chapter, and adventure for the DFW climbing community, and I'm very proud to be a part of it. Thank you, and remember, if you're not suffering, you gotta ask yourself, are you really even sending at all? Mmm, it ain't gonna be that sweet without a little bit of suffer. All right, I'm out.